Hey, Mark. Hey, Katie. Hey, you want to do a podcast? Yeah. Sweet. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to the Unforget Yourself Show, where we use the power of woo and the proof of science to help you identify your blind spots, get over your own bullshit, <gasps> so that you can do the fucking thing you actually want to do. Absolutely. I'm Mark. And I'm Katie. And we're the founders of Unforget Yourself and the creators of the Unforget Yourself system. Look, being a business owner is tough. Yeah. With vulnerability and with humor, mm-hmm. we'll be sharing with you the real stories behind the success of those brave and crazy enough to start their own business and to show you that you're not alone. You're not. Well, from the accidental entrepreneur to the laser-focused CEO, we have honest conversations about how they got to where they are today. We talk about the challenges that they faced and what they're currently dealing with in real time on their roller coaster journey. Along the way, we want to show you that it's, it's you. You are the most important asset in your business. Yeah, you are. So let's cut the bullshit and start the show. Enjoy. Okay, hello everyone and welcome to the show. So today we have with us Gianna Stanley, who's an accomplished chef and instructor on a farmer's market YouTube channel, ghostwriter for food bloggers, food stylist and photographer and an event caterer, but not in the traditional sense. So with this vast ecosystem of work, Gianna has incorporated feeding people into your business because that's what she loves to do. Beautiful. I love that. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Mark. I really appreciate you having me here. I am so excited to be on the Unforget Yourself podcast. Well, thank you for joining us and you know, for coming on to, to share all behind the scenes and everything that you do. So you know, can you just expand a little bit more on where are you today with your business and who is it that you'd love to work with? Ooh, that's a great question. I have an umbrella LLC that covers all of the different things that I like to do. I, as you said, I've created an ecosystem where I balance all of the needs of busy new motherhood with my passion projects and also my career as a chef. So I work as a private chef and my favorite jobs include travel. I recently catered a yoga retreat in the Catskills in New York, and that was just my dream job that I got to do. And I love to invite all of those kinds of opportunities in where I get to cook healthy, nourishing food for people who are also very passionate about food. My Mm -hmm. ideal client really loves to talk about all things food. They love to hear about where their food comes from and they can really appreciate complex flavor Oh, fantastic. Well, look, let's let's put a pin on that because for the Unforget Yourself Retreats, yes, food plays a massive part, not just for our enjoyment, but for, for everything that we everything that goes into our body for the nutrition. So, oh my gosh, that sounds amazing. Let's chat about that offline. However, with all these aspects, because you know, I I'd labeled a number of these and you've talked about this is your this is your passion. This is what you do. So what what do you find your clients are looking for when when they come to you? What what are their passions? What are their needs and desires? Yeah. So during the pandemic, I got my certification in nutrition. So that's a really unique point of what I offer my clients. So inherently, a lot of them will come to me because of that extra little step of, you know, I they maybe have a food allergy that they have to deal with that makes eating out at a restaurant more challenging. Mm. And so 
coming to me, they're able to indulge in all of their favorite foods without having to worry about cross-contamination or having an allergic reaction. And I often find that people who reach out to me are looking to celebrate something which is such a beautiful thing to be a part of when you have a bachelorette party of 10 women coming to celebrate their bride. It's just magic to be able to put the food together and offer drinks to this amazing celebration or, you know, even an anniversary dinner for two in home that is inspired by a meal they had on their honeymoon these are all just the things that light me up to really connect with the people that I'm cooking for. Nice. And this ecosystem that you, you speak about, it sounds like you've got a lot of different aspects going in. They, they all play a role. They all are finally connected together. Um, how did this come about? Because there's, it sounds like there's an awful lot of different elements of this. And so there's an awful lot of time and focus and directions that you can go in. So what was it that made you, was this by design? Or is this kind of, it just kind of happened that you've woken up and you go, oh, crumbs, I've got all these different aspects. What was that like? I kind of rolled into it, honestly. It was something that I had had an entrepreneurial bug, I guess you could call it. And I imagined myself working for myself eventually. And when the pandemic had hit, I was about a year and a half into my career change. So I didn't start off as a chef. I started off as a data analyst and consultant who burned Uh out at a consulting firm and really wanted to pursue that passion. And at the time, I had my absolute dream job. I was cooking full time for a family of four in-house and, you know, going home to my New York City apartment at the end of the night. And then everything shut down. And I had all of these skills Mm -hmm. and I had the itch to work. I had time. I had isolation. I had a desire to connect. And so I took all of my skills. I built a website myself. I uh, did food photography simply because I had a camera and I was cooking food and people were asking me for recipes. And so Mm. I stumbled through a lot of that out of uh, a need at the time. And Eventually, as I kind of got into the step of things, as I felt a little bit more like I had my sea legs, I decided to start my LLC. And instead of waiting for the pandemic to end and to find that same dream job in a different city, I decided to make my own dream job. And as someone who is neurodivergent, I have ADD and ADHD. All of a sudden, I started to realize that when I wasn't doing the same thing every day, not only was I more efficient and productive, but I was able to come to each project with fresh eyes and really feed into my creativity. And in turn, that built my confidence and it kind of spiraled into this this ecosystem that I that I have. Yeah, nice. So it's come from... Huh. It's come from a place of of need and also your necessity, because it sounds like with whatever sort of neurodivergent is is kind of happening, or whatever your you could say limitations, or you can say your superpowers. I prefer to say what what is this about this that can be? What is your skills? 
what does it actually help you with? Your, what I heard there was energy. It's all about the energy. You need that variety to fuel you creativity and to fuel everything that you do. So it's the energy. How do you mentally keep this going, keep yourself fresh and energized? That sounds like it's a huge part of you. So you say it wasn't really by design. Thankfully, I think it actually was. You just weren't quite aware of it at the time. You could definitely say that. I feel like it, at least now, it seems to be designed very well. And I feel like I just stumbled into it. But perhaps, like you said, you know, my brain just kind of knew what worked. And I, I tried on a lot of things throughout, you know, my life. And I, Mm. I gained up a lot of skills through that um, in my career before becoming a chef. And I think that when you have the opportunity to wear a lot of hats in your job, whatever it may be, you can really pick up the little things that bring you joy. And like you said, refuel your energy and, it becomes a cyclical system that just continues to fuel and fuel and keep things going. Yeah. So you've got all these different aspects that you, that you enjoy, that gives you that variety uh, that that fuels you. But then as a business owner crumbs, you can have one of those things. And now you get to have all the jobs of being a business owner, all the kind of things that all the hats we need to wear. We haven't even spoken about personal life with our health, with our, with our, with our relationships, with, with our, with our finances, all these kind of things come into play. So just the one aspect, there is enough hats to be wearing. What have you found that's, you've enjoyed the variety, you've built your business based on variety, where, where does it become a challenge? Where does it become something that actually holds you back or slows you down? I think that the freedom of being a business owner is definitely what can hold me back. It becomes a matter of focus and being really set on my goals. Uh, You know, I, I'm a daydreamer. I love to think about all of the things that I want to do. And simultaneously, I can't do all of them today. They can all be a part of my five year, 10 year, 15 year plan. But I can't do, I won't be able to get any of them accomplished if I try to tackle every single one of my dreams right now. Mm. And so I think that especially in the early days of starting my business, when I was doing a mix of contracted work and then also building up, you know, my own business side of things, I just wanted to do it all. And then I would find myself sitting at my laptop being like, oh my gosh, I have 175 things that I could do. What do I need to do? Let me open all these tabs. And then two hours later, I've really accomplished maybe like half of a task because Mm. I bop around and, and that's really been something that I overcome daily, weekly, consistently i i have to talk myself yeah into focus a lot okay so freedom the thing that every entrepreneur is looking for in some way or another with this freedom comes ah shit i need to i need to now focus myself so it's i've got this freedom ah damn it i've got this freedom isn't that interesting the way this kind of works out you've got all these areas of your business great ah damn it i've got all these areas of my business 
So this, the law of duality, seeing both sides of the same coin, it's super, super interesting. So with that concept, what's what's maybe the the biggest focus point focus what's the biggest focus point for you right now that that you need to adapt and, and change because this is now new what's the next level where you've 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 appeared and you've um you're kind of working through right now so my biggest challenge i don't know pain point that i'm trying to work through right now is mastering the balance between my business baby and my real human baby. And also, I, well, I think that the way to accomplish that is delegation. And it's something that can be really hard when all of these projects that I've created for myself that I that I work on, I love to do. So of course, I want to have my hand in everything. Uh, and it's hard to trust someone else to to nurture something that you built from the ground up. And so it's been something that that can that has been beneficial and that I am consistently trying to do more of and kind of carve out and see, okay, what is necessary to have my hand in it? What needs my essence? You know, of course, the hands on mm -hmm. cooking those kinds of things I can't really delegate um, to maintain my business. But what are the admin tasks that I really don't need to be the one doing as much as I want to hold the reins tight? Hey, guess what? What you just said right there. There's not one element of your business that has to have your hands in it. Not one. It feels that way. And that can be a that can be such a sort of confrontational statement but it's fun to, to drop it in there because you've you've opened the gate up so much there's certain elements and aspects that you can feel like you can give away now the rest of them i don't understand why there's a there's a personal aspect there's your creativity but every every single thing can be trained can be coached can be systematized can have your personality and flow so i say that so play a game okay if you can play what rather than what you need to do and what you can give away damn it what do you want to do Ooh. Uh, well all of my hobbies come to mind i'm like i want to paint i want to read books <laughs> um but i i mean i want I want to connect with people. I that's the my mm. favorite part about what I do is really connecting with people and talking one on one whether whether it's about food or whether it's about life, you know. I I just feel like the connectivity that my business brings me to people is my favorite part of it. Mm. So if you follow that with, isn't it so interesting? The first thing you came to was nothing to do with kind of what you do right now. What do you want to do? I want to do this over there. It's like, what? Hold on. And there with the freedom. So back to my original point. If you could outsource everything in your business and it is still sustainable. And if it works. And if you can still have your passion on this that will allow you to do all that stuff. Well, there's an interesting concept. And now we start to get nervous and uneasy. And ooh, what got you to where you are right now? 
has been this hands and everything, doing multiple things. And you know why? It, it helps with your focus. It helps with your need and desire. What can you leave behind? What is actually the one thing that got you to where you are that now you need to say goodbye to? And what happens when that's gone? It is so clear. The one word that came to my head immediately is perfectionism. Not being able to leave something or publish something until it's absolutely perfect. And I think that yeah. that that has gotten me to where I am, especially as a chef, having a really keen eye, a perfectionism in the kitchen for process. It's what made me top of my class in culinary school and would help me get an externship at a Michelin star restaurant. My perfectionism has been the pillar of my success. And I think it has been the thing holding me back the most from delegating because I can't make it perfect by my standards if it's not in my hands. And it, yeah, that's that definitely, it was so clear as soon as you started to ask the question, how much it came to the front of my mind. How does that feel? Uh, a little bit liberating. <laughs> I I think I, I guess I never saw myself or I don't see myself so much as a perfectionist. Uh, but I think that yeah, I, I I need things to be really buttoned up for me to feel that they are finished or done. And um, letting go of that, I mean, it would, yeah, it would give me a lot more freedom to, to continue to ideate, to potentially pursue more of those dreams in my head if I'm able to pass off uh, a little bit of the pressure and have, have it in someone else's hands. Yeah. That's kind of, you know what the best way to get rid of perfectionism? Ooh, tell me. Have kids. <laughs> oh my gosh, it all goes out the window completely. Oh how, my gosh. Let's talk about that. How are, you, how are you finding that? Because that is the, it's like two separate rooms in a house. You have, picture your office. I I, I picture your office right now. I, I think you are, everything's set up. You have a place. Everything is organized. Yes. With the baby is like, yeah, it, it's it's carnage. It's carnage, but oh totally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's no, it like to live in those everywhere. two worlds? You know, I think that in terms of organization, I am totally like, whatever. If my house looks a mess, you know, I'm not a perfectionist in that way. But yeah, you're right. My my little office, I have a workspace and then I have a craft space because I can't have them, you know going into the same place because I never the two shall meet no I well they have and it's been a mess <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm able to compartmentalize a little bit and I almost think that's why I you know can be a little bit more lax in motherhood I I feel more freedom there because I am a little bit more hands-off and I think that I'm able to kind of you know have that perfectionist brain in that specific business side mm. of things but you're right. It It is, I think parenthood is such a wild journey into getting comfortable with the uncomfortable and unexpected. And also I, I think it's freed me a lot from judgment of self. There's been a lot of 
you know, I think I've seen perfectionism come in through many parts of my life. And like one of them is, you know, how I look, how I present, if I have my hair perfectly curled or not. And yeah, that side of the perfectionism is just, it's out the window. You know, if, if I've got mascara on, I'm happy. And that's all I really need uh, these days because, uh, yeah. yeah, that's it. That's all I can handle. <laughs> mm. So I want to draw a parallel here between the business that you've built with all these different facets, all these different angles to it. That's been the thing that you needed. Wasn't by design, but it was what you built. And it allowed you to reach this level of success. Beautiful. You did that because you needed that variety. You needed that change of pace. Now you have that area with your personal life to have that imperfection, the carnage, the fun, all these other areas. So maybe this is the sort of evolution. How can you start to bring a little bit of this, a little bit of releasing control, a little bit of carnage, a little bit of, yeah, you know what? That's never going to happen close enough, whatever. Bringing that into your business. Does that, what comes up first? Is that, is that a little bit, does it scare you? Is it exciting? It's, it's exciting. I feel like it's, I don't know. There's almost, it, it feels like you've given me a little permission to have some of that mess in the business. Like, you know, it, it feels like as a business owner, you answer to yourself and, you know, you're kind of a product of the businesses that you've been an employee of. So, you know, thinking there's only one way to do this or, you know, there's only... 10 ways to do this. And I'm going to do one of these 10 ways. Um, but, you know, the ability to, to give, you know, myself permission to be a little bit messy and to be a little bit, you know, imperfect, maybe a lot of bit imperfect could yeah. present with even more freedom, time freedom. And, you know, instead of rereading an email draft five times, I can just, you know, trust my template maybe. <laughs> Oh my word. Okay. So trust, trust, trust. You said this before. Yes. So as you as you dip your head. Yeah. Okay. So this this element of trust. If you could increase the trust in what aspect of your business right now that would make a measurable difference, what would that be? I would trust, I would have to trust myself more. I'd have to trust my gut more that, you know, I, because my gut definitely tells me this is something you can pass off. This is something, it's fine, take it live. And then it's that overthinking part of my brain that comes in mm -hmm. and knocks down my ability to trust myself or knocks down my confidence a little bit. And then therefore I don't trust my gut instinct when in reality, you know, sometimes I feel like I need to lean on that more. Do you find this is the curse of being a solopreneur that it's so much is it's on you. So much is around you. We can have people around us. Um, your partner might be the most supportive person in the world, but may not quite be on the same wavelength from the entrepreneur, from your business. Therefore, it's still not quite the support that, that you, that you need in certain ways is we played yeah, solopreneur bingo before we jumped on the people pleasing over delivering undercharging perfectionism work-life balance all these things come into play but that element of 
it's still me. Until you have your support network within your business, until you have your team, until you're able to let go. Crumbs, it's almost like with, with your with your baby, when you let go and let them walk and run away and start to do their own thing, it's like, oh, they're doing it, they're doing it. The parallels between business and that, that's they're super similar. They really are. And as you say that, it's it's so true. There's almost a forced amount of self-trust that you have to have with parenthood. And it really, it, it forces your hand because one way or another, <clears throat> it's going to walk, the kid's going to talk. And, you know, for the most part, it, it they're going to become a, a functioning adult. And so it's, uh, you have to trust that, that in the moment you're kind of going through it because the time is, is moving forward for them. And, uh, it, the word discipline really comes through as the difference between parenthood and being a solopreneur because your your child every day is a little bit older and so is your business. But if you're waffling on your decision, then you're not really kicking it one day forward. It's not mm-hmm. the same force of the hand as parenthood necessarily that that requires you to trust yourself because there's no other option. Yeah, the, the sort of concept that came to my mind as you were talking about that was, okay, these neural pathways, these patterns, these beliefs, these behaviors that you have, your programming is geared one way for your business. It is being put to the absolute test in your personal life because everything is different. So it, we found time and time again, it's this internal confusion as we build these new neural pathways, if you can get these two to readapt together, to see the benefits of both, hold both as true, then what's possible? Everything. <laughs> Everything. That's a big answer. Everything's I like it. Possible. <laughs> nice. Yeah. It just really, you know, being able to adapt the way that I think about parenthood towards the way that I feel about my business. I mean, you know, like the same way I trust my child with a babysitter, you know, to be able to fill up my cup elsewhere, you know, that's, I think, similar to what a virtual assistant might be able to help with in a business, you know? Mm -hmm. There we are. The parallels are, are huge. Well, this is going to be fascinating. So, hey, look, thank you so, so much for for being on the show, for sharing with us everything that you do and also behind the scenes and what you're going through in this next transition. It's fascinating. Thank you so much for having me. I really loved being on here. And I feel like I learned a little bit about myself too from uh, the mirror that you were to to give me a lens into my own brain. Oh, you're, you're so, so welcome. And hey, look, if people want to find out more about you and the amazing work that you do, where can they find you? So they can find me on Instagram. I'm at Gianna Stanley underscore. I'll be launching my website uh, by the end of 2023. So depending on when this airs, you should be able to find me at www.giannastanley.com. 
Uh, but my Instagram will definitely have the most up-to-date details about when my website's going up. Awesome stuff. Well, everyone go and check that out. But yeah, Gianna, thank you so, so much for being here. This has been an awful lot of fun. Thank you again, too. Oh, you're welcome. Hey, Katie. Yeah, Mark? Want to do an outro? I sure do. Sweet. Hey, thank you so, so much for listening and making it to the end. Yay, you. So what happens next? Uh, we ask them the things that podcasters are supposed to ask at the end of an episode. Can you please rate, review, download? Subscribe. Mm. Yeah. But why is it important? Because that's how our podcast gets noticed. That's how people find us. It is, and we want all their earballs. <laughs> all the earballs all over the place. We do. Nice. Yeah, so please do all those things. We'll be ever so grateful. And then more people hear your beautiful voice. Or yours. Oh, yeah. <laughs> See you next time. Bye.